Hi, I'm Martin Wells, founder of legal IT consultancy Wells Technology Services. I'd like to welcome you to the Homework Podcast, this production being the first in a series of regular virtual panel discussions. I'm looking forward to hearing our guest speakers sharing their best practice tips, innovative ideas and personal experiences from the front lines of legal operations during this coronavirus pandemic. The Homework Podcast is predicated on a single subject matter with just three questions to each of my four panellists. Today, we're focused on the here and now, this brave new world we find ourselves in. I'm delighted to be joined by a distinguished panel of experts, so let's go and meet them right now. Hello, my name is David Newman. I'm co-founder and director of DMC Canatech, part of the DMC Group. We manage print and document workflow providers to the legal and professional services sector and are well known for our agile firm events, which we run every single year, sharing best practice and advising firms on how to embrace and enable Paperlite workflow to support their agile workforce. Hello. My name is Robin Thane. I'm the IT manager at Landing Badler Solicitors. We're a mid-sized law firm based in Shropshire, Herefordshire and North Wales. I'm being asked what are we world famous for. I'm not aware that we're actually world famous for anything, but we're fairly well regarded in our local communities. Hi, I'm Matthew Newton uh, from Usha Limited. Uh, I'm the Joint Managing Director and Co-Founder uh, you may know Usha as we are world famous for being an awesome IT firm for law firms and an awesome provider of cloud desktop solutions. Hi, I'm Chris Bull. I'm a principal in the consulting firm Edge International. We uh, work with law firms primarily on strategy and operational engagements and we have consultants all over the world, Europe, Asia, the Americas and beyond. Excellent, and thanks for those introductions. Let's get straight down to business, shall we? Our first question is an obvious place to start. What's your three top tips for working productively from home? Robin, you're first up. What's your three top tips for working productively from home? What a good question. I think first off, you've got to create a routine for yourself. It's still work, whether it's at home. Create in a routine, sticking to it. That's important. Secondly, and I think this is easier said than done, is trying to create for yourself a dedicated space somewhere in your house to perform this work where you're not necessarily getting distracted or disturbed. And for those parents out there, I think that is a that's a big ask. And lastly, as an opportunity really, I think, for you to practice with the digital tools you've been given. You know, improve your digital skill set. You know, maybe um, understand how to create a podcast, take part in a podcast to engage more with clients and colleagues. Thanks, Robin. Matt, same question to you. My top three tips for working from home um, are as follows. Firstly, have a defined private working area. Um, I can no longer work from the kitchen table as I as I did normally uh, prior to the to the lockdown. Um, because of my noisy kids. So I've, I've needed to eke out a, a private uh, a working area that's, that's much needed to be productive. Uh, number two, I, I would say check in regularly with your team using a video um, conference if possible. So don't hide behind your screens, 
have a catch up face to face with the, the team members you normally engage with um, and try and ask each other how they're how each other are doing not just focused on work so try and maintain that 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 human contact and thirdly um, probably my uh, an important top tip is to remember to brush your teeth in the morning um, I've fallen foul a number of times of um, coming to brush my teeth at the end of the day just before bed and realizing I didn't actually brush them in the morning uh, because I've not worked into my normal structure. So yeah, those are my top three tips. Brush your teeth, eh? Some sound and sagely advice from uh, Matt there. David, um, what tips have you got to give us? My three top tips for working productively from home will be having structure to your day, keeping a balance and proactive communication with your colleagues and your team members. I think structure is really important to working from home. Start as you mean to go on, even if that means the first thing you do, as Gandhi always used to do, was to make his own bed. Make your bed, get up, be positive. Exercise is crucial. If you can and prefer exercising in the morning, stick with it. Make sure you keep that routine going. It will ensure you have a clean head and a positive mind by the time you get back to your desk. Uh, the second key point would be to plan. You know, objectives are really important. What are you trying to achieve by the end of the day? And keep control of that diary. Don't allow distractions to pull you in. When you're working, let your family know this is a period of time when you're going to be working. And turn off social media so that you're not distracted. And then stick to breaks. You know, I need a biscuit at least once an hour. So stick to those breaks and reward yourself for good solid bursts of activity. Another key top tip for me would be balance. I think it's really important that whilst we're working from home, we keep a balance on what we're doing. What I mean by that is, you know, you know when you work at your best, if you're a morning person, an afternoon person, an evening person, optimise and embrace that part of the day. Make that your golden time and protect it. But equally, protect your family time and protect your own downtime. You need to decompress. We have to look after our well-being. Some people don't like working agile. They don't like working remotely. They struggle with it. So it's really, really important that you keep a balance and look after yourself, not just look after your work. I think a really key part of working effectively from home is communication. We all have the tools at our disposal, the Zooms, the team platforms for collaborative stuff, but it's the simple human touches that are absolutely crucial because not everybody is, is 100% adapted to this agile way of working. So it's really important you touch base with your team and colleagues. You know, one, to give them support and ask them how they're getting on, but also to agree on priorities, objectives and outcomes that you'll seek perhaps by the end of the day or by the end of the week. And I just think that shows a good spirit that you're all in this together. I think probably the key top tip for me for working from home effectively is communication. And I'm not just talking about the technology at our disposal, you know, be that Teams, uh, the other Zoom collaboration platforms, you know, cloud-based document management, etc., etc. I'm talking about the human element. And the human element's crucial here because not everybody is a natural to agile. They miss the cohort, they miss the office. They miss the catch-ups with, uh, with colleagues and individuals, um, which are perhaps easier on a face-to-face -face basis. So touching base with them on a regular basis is really, really crucial to share the positives, to show your support, 
to agree outcomes, to agree priorities, and ensure that there's a focus to the week ahead. So that at the end of the week, when you get your virtual beers out um, on your uh, on your Zoom meeting, um, and on our case, we get the guitars out, we have a sing-along, uh, then you've got something to celebrate and reflect on. But everyone has felt connected because ultimately we are all in this together. An important message there from the King of Agile himself. Communicate across your team and eat biscuits at least every hour. Fantastic. Chris, what are your top tips? So my three tips for uh, for working productively at home. I'm not sure I'm really an expert on this yet, even now. Uh, but I think for me, three things have worked uh, well. One is having a routine and um, having that having that routine kind of fit your preferred working pattern. I'm I'm quite a big morning person, so I'm getting up a little bit later than normal. I understand that. Don't need the commute and uh, getting downstairs, breakfast, and working early. Rest of the family still asleep. Um, working pretty solidly through the morning um, and then have a slightly looser afternoon. That works for me. Um, second, uh, second tip is find the room in the house or the area in the house with the best Wi-Fi connectivity, most reliable, seize it. <laughs> um, I was working in the, the kind of offices which frankly don't have the best the best connection when I first started the lockdown period um, and now I've kind of had to do a deal with my son for uh, for the room with the router in it, which has made a big difference. Um, third third tip kind of relates back to my, my thoughts on uh, my afternoon schedules. I do find that I run the risk, bizarrely, of, of being at home with the rest of my family locked down, and uh, I'm not seeing them, you know, because the, the, the work schedule is so much. So I do now try and build in time where I can actually suppose get something out of being at home with the rest of my family during the day check they're okay they're not bored lucky my kids on homeschooling age they're a bit older than that uh take some time out to go for a walk with them get out for a run don't don't feel the need to have you know an absolutely classic sort of eight till six working day thank you panel some really insightful answers there in the days of children barging in on live broadcasts and introverts becoming increasingly flamboyant on video camera, let's turn our attention to netiquette. What annoying habits should we all avoid during video conferences? Chris, would you like to go first this time? So video conferences and uh, video calls, uh, we've all been doing huge amounts of those. Oh, trying to think about what, what really annoys me in terms of people's habits on them. You know what? Not, not very much. Like like most people, I've I've done tens and tens of those in the last in the last month or so, and before that, um, you know, I'm pretty tolerant of, of people's behaviour on those. I think the the worst thing probably is on particularly on the larger calls where there's more people dialing in, kind of virtual events, is you get the people who kind of switch it on, and maybe don't put their video on. And clearly go off and do something else entirely. You know, they're not they're not even just working whilst listening. They 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 go away. And where we're trying to do things like polls and chat rooms and get people interactive, which you've always then got a rump of people who you can't connect with or communicate with to say, hey, you now need to move to the chat room. So that's that's that is a little annoying. Um, but it's it's a hangover. Like, let's face it from. Um, webinar behaviors where you weren't quite so exposed um, maybe to uh, to the organizers 
but uh, generally I think people behave pretty well. David, what do you think? I think the most annoying habit when you're in a video conference is people not actually being in the moment, being distracted, probably multitasking to be fair. But if you are going to be multitasking or distracted, then why not just discreetly turn your camera off um, and your microphone muted at the same time? Otherwise, it can be incredibly distracting to the people that you're trying to engage with on that call. Probably the most regular habit that people find annoying during video conferences is people butting in. I think you just need to learn the art of listening and waiting your turn. Yeah, that's totally annoying, isn't it? Matt, what are the annoying habits that you're seeing in video conferencing at the moment? I'd say uh, number one is is please mute when you're when it's not your turn to talk. Um, there's nothing more annoying than rustling crisp packets, papers, noisy birds chirping in the background, or whatever it may be. Please, please mute when it when you're when you're not uh, due to speak. Um, and and I say maybe secondly. Um, if you're going to call a, a, a web meeting or a web conference, um, have an agenda uh, in the same way as you would do if it was a face-to-face get-together. Um, just because it's not, it isn't a, a face-to-face meeting doesn't mean that the sh- it should just be a free-flow conversation without any structure. So, yeah, so those are, those are the, my two annoying habits to, to avoid. Thanks, Matthew. An agenda. That's a really good idea. I've not even thought of that one. Fantastic. Robin, what do you reckon? What annoying habits should we all avoid during video conferences? Well, I personally embody, I think, most of the annoying habits that I deplore in others. I get distracted easily. I will be in a video conference and I'll be I won't be focused. I'll be multitasking sometimes. I'll be looking at emails that are nothing to do with the conference itself um, and documents, and I will be distanced to a point. So I need to focus more on the actual video conference at hand. Another annoying habit I certainly have, I think, is I don't mute the microphone when I'm not speaking. So that sort of ambient noise, another form of distraction can sometimes um, interrupt the video conference. Yep, I think we've all been guilty of some of those over the last few months. I had no idea my habits were so bad. Panel, it's time now for our final question. What adjustments have you made to your own working practices to remain compliant with data protection, GDPR and other such regulations? Matthew, how would you like to start us off on this question? What adjustments have I made to, uh, to my working practices to remain compliant with data protection and GDPR, etc. Um, I, I think being a, a, an IT services provider ourselves, security is very much at the forefront of what we do. Um, but the, the tweak that we have made is, is we've had to implement some, um, some more solid policies around the use of Teams primarily or other similar similar um, tools um, just to firm up what should and shouldn't be shared, um, what should be within uh, posted within public chats. When I say public, I mean com- company-wide chats, um, team chats and so on. So we, we've just given a little bit of guidance around 
what should be shared, what's, what sensitive information shouldn't be um, just posted within a team's conversation, even though it, it may be the easier thing to do. Um, and and we, a lot of the, the work that we've done around um, uh, improving working practices uh, around compliance has been for our clients and potential clients. Uh, and um, the key, one of the key um, aspects that we've, we've been urging people to do if they don't already add, have MFA, multi-factor authentication, rolled out, get that in place because with an increased amount of remote working, it's crucial that your connections are secure. Thanks, Matt. Robin, I wonder what your views are on compliance from a law firm perspective. What adjustments have you made to your own working practices to remain compliant with data protection, GDPR and other such regulations? Not a lot, really. Um, We've got a pretty robust and mature remote access system, which we've been able to scale up and out to support the majority of our users. And over the years we've been using this, we've ironed out quite a lot of GDPR-related issues. The sort of things we've had to adjust to, though, um, and some things which have come a little bit out of left field that we haven't hadn't really considered before. Um, for one thing, we we've had to provide clear guidance on the risks of using video conferencing to our staff, what you can and cannot discuss um, in these sort of conferences, and how best to use them as well. We've also had to consider what we do with personal information, and, and, and with regards to that, I mean. Generally, people's home addresses. Uh, some staff have asked for other staff's home addresses to send um, information to, or their personal mobile or um, home telephone number. Um, and we've had to sit there and consider: Do we give this information out? And you know, simply with regards to GDPR, uh, no, we can't. We can't give out uh, staff's personal information. Thanks, Robin. That's crystal clear. David, what can you tell us about compliance? For DMC, we're probably doing more helping our clients adjust to agile working than the work we'd already done for ourselves with Teams and cloud-based document management. The biggest focus we're having with our clients is helping them to enable paper into a digital workflow. So we're, we're rolling out an awful lot of digital mailrooms and intelligent document capture into their document management system, into their case management system, and into practice management so that they can share and collaborate on their documents effectively and securely, regardless where their fee owners and their support teams are. Probably the biggest piece of work we're doing around compliance and data protection is for our customers, and that centers on paper. The agile technology that they've already enabled is working successfully But paper is the last barrier to truly being effective, secure and compliant because paper can only be in one place at any one time. So the challenge of one version of the truth therefore applies, especially if you're trying to work collaboratively on the document. So those files need to be digitised. That incoming post needs to be digitised. And that's the work we're doing and the most actively right now to support agile working is intelligent, automated scanning into document management, into case management, and into practice management, so that there is only one version of the truth. It's secure, it's compliant, and it's collaborative. As far as compliance and data protection is concerned, the biggest challenge is paper. People have been enabled with agile working quite successfully across our client base. It's paper that remains their biggest challenge, because paper can only be in one place at any one time. 
And whilst people are no longer altogether in the office, there needs to be one version of the truth. And that version of the truth needs to be the digital file. So for organisations that don't have a cloud-based or open platform document management system, they need to get that information scanned and shared effectively. Be that their case management system or some, some elements to practice management systems will allow them to do it. The key is to get the information into those systems. So DMS, CMS and PMS is where all our work is centering right at the moment to help those firms embrace agile working securely and with compliance in mind. For DMC, I wouldn't say we've made massive adjustments to the way we work because we're quite an agile organisation and running our own agile events, you'd expect us to practice what we preach. We have cloud-based document management. We've been using Teams in Anger for quite some time and we've just incorporated e-signatures as well into our document workflows. So we're working completely paperlite and protecting the documents and the versioning controls inside that cloud document management system. Some fantastic answers there. It's really hard to remember to be compliant at times like this. So some good practical advice there to make sure that that we all think about what we're doing and how we're protecting our clients' data. Sadly, that's all we've got time for today. And I hope you've enjoyed this, our first podcast. My thanks to our panellists, Matthew Newton from USHA, David Newman from DMC Canatech, Robin Frayne from Lanyon Bowdler, and Chris Ball from Edge International. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and join us in a week's time where I'll be putting questions to a new panel of luminaries on the subject of managing culture change in a dispersed and distributed workforce. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy.